MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Sports Betting Network. Happy Sunday to all. It is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. For those of you guys out there on the East Coast, I give you the Patrick Star gift. Oh boy, it's 3 a.m. So, Everyone on the continental 48 states are now on a Sunday. That means that it is an NFL Sunday. So here in the final hour, we're going to be going hard and heavy, giving you guys analysis, giving you guys some picks with regards to the NFL betting board. Also going to be refreshing my New York Post pick with regards to college basketball as well. So we've got you guys covered on a little bit of everything here on the final hour of the Greg Peterson experience. And I have no fear all throughout the day here on VEASAN. We're going to be giving you guys everything that you need for the NFL in-game wagering takes. We're going to be giving you guys some pregame with point spread Sunday. And then once all the games are over, opening line show with our good friends, John Von Toba, Matt Humans as well. So have no fear. We've got you all throughout the day. How about if we hit on one of the games from the 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern window first. This is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Atlanta Falcons. It has not been going well for the Falcons, and that is displayed via the line as they are finding themselves anywhere between a 10.5 to an 11-point underdog. In your total on this game, you're finding it at a 50.5, and and though the game wound up going over the first time these two teams wound up playing as these two wound up hooking up week two, it was the Buccaneers being able to get a 48-25 to win. I think you're going to see a little bit of a different result when it comes to the total. Now, I think that the Buccaneers should be able to win this game comfortably. I don't know about now being able to lay 10.5 to 11. That might be getting a tad bit lofty, but also keep in mind for the Atlanta Falcons, first time these two teams wound up playing, they 
really hadn't discovered Cordell Patterson. He wound up having seven carries for 11 yards. The 7-11 means that he's always open to disappointing you a little bit, but I do think that he's going to be able to have himself a relatively solid game in this one. When he wound up taking the field last week against the Jaguars, pair of touchdowns, 100 yards, really a banner day for him, and it's really hard to believe that Cordell Patterson's long and winding road in the NFL has resulted in him being now pretty much the number one running back for the Atlanta Falcons, but that's where we are here in the year 2021, but I do think that the Buccaneers are going to be able to establish the ground game a little bit as well. Last time these two teams on playing, Tom Brady wanted to throw him for five touchdowns, which I don't think that he's going to be able to quite put up five in this spot. I do think that he's going to be able to have himself a relatively solid game, but the big concern with Tom Brady is he's been committing some mistakes recently. He has thrown a combined six interceptions in the last four games. Now, as we know, Tom Brady is much like a good NCAA college basketball team. When the season winds up, winds down as the playoffs are getting more and more near he's always at his best i mean it just seems like it's this year in and year out but i do have a couple concerns there with the atlanta falcons as well they're still without calvin rudley in the first game that these two teams wanted to play you want to have a receiving touchdown so that is going to be able to take away something for matt ryan who you could tell that he just has nothing around him at this point when you've got an immobile quarterback you've got no weapons around you i mean how is a guy supposed to succeed he doesn't even necessarily have the world's greatest offensive line at this point as well. So, I mean, it's just a case in which he is dealing with some misfit parts. And as a result, he has thrown for at least one interception in each out of the last three games, two plus in two out of them. So that is not necessarily going great for him. And you just take a look at this Falcons team. They're trying to be able to take the edge off of him by running the ball a little bit. I think that they might have a little bit of success in this spot. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it is a team which has been able to do a great job of being able to bottle up the ground game. But Patterson is a little bit of a different breed of running back just because of the cloth that he's cut from. Now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're going to be without Antonio Brown once again. For one, he's dealing with an injury. And two, he wound up having the fake COVID card, which... Uh, I'm not here to necessarily tell you how to live your life, but when you wind up forging documents that have federal seals on them, that's not necessarily the world's greatest idea. We're going to leave it at that, but you take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, even without Antonio Brown, they've still got quite a few weapons that you're able to utilize. You've got yourself, obviously, Leonard Fournette in the backfield, but Chris Godwin has been able to do a nice job for this team. Mike Evans has been really the touchdown voucher for this team. He's been able to get 10 of them thus far this year. He's been able to do a terrific job. Obviously, Rob Gronkowski has been in and out of the fold a little bit for this team, but whenever he's been out there, he has certainly been able to give this team a very good effort. Heck, even Tyler Johnson has been able to fill in whatever you've had Antonio Brown off the field as well. And I mean, you do have Gronkowski coming off of by far his best game of the season. Nine catches for a buck 23. It seems like he has been able to find a little bit of something. It seems like he was a little bit banged up towards the beginning part of the year. He seems to be firing all cylinders. If I'm looking anyway, I'd be looking at the Buccaneers, but I do think that 10 and a half to 11 is a little bit too lofty. But I also take a look at this Buccaneers team. Last year, they did wind up having a very good defense. It wound up being a bad defense at the beginning of this year, but you can tell that it seems like it's getting better and better as the weeks wind up going along. They've got most of their pieces healthy in this game as well. The secondary has been a little bit rough. It looks like Jordan Whitehead is most likely going to be out, and you've also got Mike Edwards, who he wound up getting hit with that suspension along with Antonio Brown as well. That is something that you do want to note, but guys like Vita Vea, Dominic Sue, I think that they're going to be able to get good pressure on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is just not able to move around. He doesn't have a lot of weapons to utilize. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
are going to be able to make this a case in which the Falcons are going to be unable to really get past 17. That's why I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot. If I'm looking anywhere way with the spread, I'm going to be looking at the Buccaneers, but I do think that we've gotten up a little bit too lofty. If you were getting a 9.5 and a half at a 10, you could probably sign me up for it. Now at 10 and a half to 11, critical numbers, they are truly critical when it comes to the NFL. I think that it's just gotten away a little bit too much. We've got the game of a whole lot of mystery right now with the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Chicago Bears. The Bears are right now finding themselves as a seven-point underdog, and you're finding this total right around a 42 when it comes to Cardinals. It does seem like Kyler Murray is going to be out there, and as long as Kyler Murray plays, I mean, that is a big if right here. I'd be taking a look at the Arizona Cardinals. You do have the red rifle with regards to the Chicago Bears because you've got Justin Fields, who's currently dealing with his injury. Looks like he's going to be unable to go on this one. But when it comes to Kyler Murray, I think that he is just such a difference-making player for this Arizona Cardinals team. When it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, it's a bunch that even without him, they've been able to do a relatively solid job. Colt McCoy is one of the more wily backups in the NFL. I'm not going to call him one of the best ones because when it comes to just ability and ability alone, it's not like he necessarily jumps off the charts, but he just knows how to be able to engineer an offense. And with the injury to Kyler Murray, it actually has been a little bit of benefit for the team because they've been utilizing James Conner a little bit more. As the as Mr. Terminator himself has been able to give the team 12 touchdowns, he's got a combined six just on the ground alone over the last four games. He has really been able to do a great job with this offense. You take a look at all the weapons that the Arizona Cardinals have been able to utilize as well. It's been terrific because you've got Christian Kirk, who's been able to put up right around 600 yards already this season. You've got DeAndre Hopkins, who... He himself is a little bit questionable in this game. If he does wind up going, that's going to be very beneficial for them. It sounds like he is likely to play. And according to Adam Schefter, this according to him about two to three hours ago, it sounds like he's going to be utilized in a little bit of a lesser role, which you typically expect. And when it comes to injury information in the NFL, it's not just about whether or not a guy is going to go. It's sort of what is going to be the workload as well. Now, there are times in which you wind up having a guy doubtful and all of a sudden, Doubtful guy winds up playing and he winds up going off for 100 yards. I mean, there's just nothing that you can do from time to time, but you want to try to be able to have as many resources as possible. You want to try to just take a look at it as much as you can, but it seems like the two main guys for the Cardinals that have been out recently and Murray along with New Hopkins looks like they're going to be able to go, so that is going to be big for them. And when it comes to this Arizona Cardinals team as well, what I think is just so big for them is the fact that the defense has been able to do a good job of being able to mix and match as well. And, well, you're going up against the Chicago Bears. That always helps as well. Matt Nagy's had, quite frankly, no idea what he's been doing. I mean, you've seen that time and time again with them. Now with Andy Dalton, I do feel like people throw at him a little bit more shade than they should. I mean, it's not like Andy Dalton is terrible or anything like that. It's just a case of which he should probably be a guy that is a very solid backup, a guy that you only use in a break glass in case of emergency situation. It seems like it's just been a little bit difficult from recently. Now, you do have a Cardinal team that they themselves have been dealing with quite a few injuries, but they've been able to really do a good job of being able to find a way to be able to utilize this front seven. Chandler, jo- Chandler Jones, after he wound up having that big outburst towards the beginning of the year, he wound up dipping a little bit. He was able to refine it against the Seattle Seahawks, being able to get a pair of sacks. In that game, it sounds like he's going to be good to go in this one. Isaiah Simmons is someone I really like his upside as well. You've got the secondary, which has been relatively solid recently as well. So I do take a look at this spot for the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, you want to be verifying that Kyler Murray is going to be going in this game. But assuming Kyler Murray is going to be going, playing a touchdown here with the Arizona Cardinals, 
Certainly something I'm looking at. I'm not necessarily one for taking a whole bunch of favorites of a touchdown or more on the road, but you take a look at the Bears team, and man, there's just not a lot to be had with them. So I do think that it's a difficult one for them. This one is going to be an interesting one to evaluate as well. So you've got the Minnesota Vikings are going to be taking on the Detroit Lions. So we're going to stick with the NFC North theme because my favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, they are not going to be in action this week. So I can't give out my always favorite play of just keep taking the under with the Packers. Wound up hurting me a little bit the last two weeks, but by and large has been relatively solid this season. But you've got the Lions versus the Vikings. And right now you've got yourself the Vikings laying anywhere between seven and seven and a half. You're mostly seeing sevens. You've seen a couple seven and a half pop throughout the week as well, but finding this total darn near 46 and a half to 47 and it's a case in which I do think that the Lions are going to be relatively shut down when it comes to the offense. You've got Jared Goff out there and it has not necessarily been going great for him. And I think a little bit of it is just due to the lack of weapons because now you've got DeAndre Swift out of the fold and DeAndre Swift wound up having a relatively bad start to the year. He wasn't able to get too many holes because this is just a Lions offensive line that in general hasn't been able to provide a lot. But and you take a look at him in recent weeks. He was starting to come into his own. Now he's going to be out due to that shoulder injury, and that completely changes things because prior to getting injured in that game against the Chicago Bears, 130-plus yards in two straight weeks, they had really just fed him the ball a lot in that Pittsburgh Steelers game. He was able to th- show off the fact that he was able to explode a little bit more in that game that wanted following up after that against the Browns. So he was really starting to find it. And when it comes to the Lions, you just don't have a lot to be able to help out Jared Goff in general. Meanwhile, you've got a Vikings team that they're looking to bounce back from that game that they wound up having against the 49ers. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about this game on the other side, hitting a couple more games for the 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern window as well. That is coming up on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Bowl betting guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every single bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games, including insights, trends, data, and prediction to be able to help you make your best bets. This bowl season, the guide is designed to be able to give you an edge whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. This guide drops December 13th, so make sure to be able to get your copy today for only $19.99. That is at vsin.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson, taking you up until 1 a.m. Pacific, 4 a.m. Eastern, and have no fear all throughout the day on this college football or on this NFL Sunday trying to transition because we're going to be seeing the college football standings wind up getting a release at the bottom half of the day. And I'm sure that we're going to be having you guys with all of that. Once those lines wind up being able to come out, but we've got a big NFL Sunday today. And we were talking about it a little bit earlier with this Vikings versus Lions game. And you do have a Lions team that they have been able to actually be profitable against the spread. I have no idea how, I have no idea why, but they have actually been a relatively solid cover team. But I just think that this is a case in which the Vikings are going to be able to clobber them by multiple touchdowns. I think that there's a bad taste in their mouth after they wound up letting an opportunity slip away from them in San Francisco. And you've got a guy in Kirk Cousins that has been darn near solid for this team. 
I know that a lot of people always like to say, you know what, Kirk Cousins' number is. They wind up coming in garbage time and everything like that. He did wind up having the interception last week, but 23 touchdowns to three picks. He's completing darn near 68% of his passes. He's been able to do a good job of being able to utilize the weapons around him. Justin Jefferson has been tremendous for this team. He's already above 1,000 yards. And then you got for the Minnesota Vikings, in my opinion, one of the more underrated skill players in the NFL. Dalvin Cook, he's going to be out for this game. But at the same time, the guys that do wind up being able to back him up, they're still relatively solid as well. Cousins is someone that has shown the ability to be able to utilize a lot of the guys coming out of the backfield, not named Dalvin Cook as well, because Cook has oftentimes been banged up. Whenever he's been out there, it's always been a little bit better for the team. But you've all obviously got Alexander Madsen, who's been able to come in. He's been able to do a relatively solid job. In that game against the 49ers, he was able to find the end zone. I think that he's going to be able to come in against a Lions team that, let's call it what it is, they are not very stout on the ground. And for that matter, they just aren't necessarily stout in general when it comes to pretty much their entirety of the defense. I think that the Vikings are going to be able to chew it up against them when it comes to the Vikings. They give it up a little bit more through the air, but I do think that it's going to be a tad bit of a lower scoring game, especially with Cook out of there. And when it comes to the Lions, you just don't have a lot of weapons in general. I do think that the Vikings, despite not having Delvin Cook out there, which I do think that it makes a little bit of a difference, I still think that they wind up covering a touchdown. And if you would have Delvin Cook out there, you probably would be getting north of seven on this line. I do think that he means that much. To the line, you'd probably be seeing more like a 7.5. So I think that that is of significance. And right now with the Vikings, you're finding a lot of places in which they're offering more around even money and minus one of five juice. So that makes it all the better in my opinion. I think that the Vikings are still going to be able to move the ball on the ground. I still think that Kirk Cousins is going to do a great job of being efficient. So I'm willing to lay the points here when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. There's an under that I really like on this card. And shock, shock, surprise, surprise. It's a game involving the New York Jets. You've got the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Jets. As we know, a lot of the chatter this week has been around Jalen Hurts. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? It sounds like he isn't going to be playing in this game. Obviously, you want to be checking in, but it seems more and more like he's going to be held out this week, and that makes me like the under even more. I mean, if Jalen Hurts would have played, he would have probably been a little bit hampered, and I still would have liked the under in this spot. Now you just like it even more because with the Philadelphia Eagles, it sounds like they're going to have the Gene Short Warrior himself, Gardner Minshew, being able to play in this game, which I'm very curious to see that because I honestly think that the drop-off from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew isn't necessarily that great. I mean, we saw him with the Jacksonville Jaguars during that rookie campaign. He was relatively solid with them. Now, it's not a case in which Gardner Minshew is going to be leading his team to the promised land, but I mean, for his career, he's got 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's got to count for something. He's a guy that just does a good job of not making the boneheaded mistakes and when it comes to the New York Jets this is a bunch of which well they wind up committing a lot of those so you've got a team that is not necessarily so great there we have seen the total by the way with the news that Jalen Hurts it looks like he's going to be unable to go this is a total that went from 45 earlier in the afternoon on Saturday now you're finding it in a lot of places more like a 43 and as a result the Philadelphia Eagles are down to more like a five-point favorite so we have seen quite a line move with regards to the news but with that said, I still take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that now you're getting better value because now you don't have to lay a full touchdown or anything like that. Now you have to lay five. So I think that that's all the better. I do think that the Eagles are going to do what they need to do. They're going to run the ball a little bit more. I have no idea why they haven't been giving more carries to a guy that I really like in Boston Scott. Boston Scott is not a guy that's going to go out there. He's not going to be like a 30-carry guy, but 
it seems like he's going to be able to go in this game. And he's someone that every time he touches the ball, it feels like good things happen. In that game against the Giants, he was able to get a touchdown. He had multiple touchdowns in that bludgeoning against the Detroit Lions. This is just a guy that he always seems to make good plays for this team. So I think that he's a little bit of an X factor that even if he would be out, it wouldn't necessarily factor into the line. But having him out there, I think, is something that is very big for this Philadelphia Eagles team that not a lot of people like to like to mention because and you've really got Miles Sanders and with Jordan Howard out I think that that leads to even more carries from um, then when you take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles this is a defense in which they've seen better days but at the same time with guys like Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox on the front seven they're going to really be able to raise some havoc for a Jets team that regardless of who's been at quarterback this year they haven't necessarily been able to do a good job of protecting whoever has been out there so that has been a big giant issue when it comes to this Jets team and with the Jets regardless of who's been out there at quarterback They've all been making mistakes. You've got Zach Wilson out there this week. Perhaps next week you wind up going wacko for Flacco, but with Wilson, four touchdowns, ten interceptions, and it has been absolutely terrible. His last touchdown pass wound up coming on October 3rd. That was that miracle win that they wound up having against the Tennessee Titans, in which the Tennessee Titans were without every single one of their wide receivers. So that was not necessarily great. He seems like Corey Davis is a little bit of a question mark for this game as well for the Jets. It's a case in which it's going to be like a true game time decision as to whether or not that he winds up going. He was a little bit limited on Friday. So we're going to be checking to see even if he winds up going, he's not going to be at hundred percent when it comes to this Jets team as well. They do have a bunch of guys banged up in the defense, especially on the front seven with Sheldon Rankins unlikely to go in this game as well. So I mean, it just makes the Jets team even worse. There's just no taking them in the spot. I do think that, especially now Jalen Hurts out of the fold, the under has even more value with him in the fold. I was still taking a look at the under. So here at 43 and a half, obviously you've seen a little bit of a line move. I think that it's justified with Gardner Minshew now being the quarterback at at the home for the Philadelphia Eagles. But certainly taking a look at an under and now getting a five with Philadelphia Eagles, despite the fact that Hurts is out. I like it because this is a Jets team that I have absolutely no faith in at this point to be able to cover any sort of a number. So and it's something that I think is going to be very beneficial. This is also an interesting game as well. You've got the Dolphins versus the New York Giants. With regards to the Giants, you're finding them as a 6.5 point underdog. When it comes to this total, you're going to be finding it in the realm of about a 39.5-ish. Depending on where you look, you might be finding a straight 40 out there. But I think that the Dolphins should be able to win this game by a touchdown. With Tua Tagovailoa, it's not that he's necessarily making the explosive plays like you want if doing it at Alabama. But I mean, that's to his credit because... He's right now in the top five with regards to completion percentage in the NFL. He's completing right around 70% of his passes. He's been able to do a much better job of being able to cut down on the turnovers as well. Ever since he's come back from injury, aside from that game against the Atlanta Falcons, he's looked like a little bit of a new man. So I give him a lot of credit there. Obviously, the mobility they wanted showing at Alabama hasn't been quite there with the hip injury they wanted suffering at the end of things. And I would still like the Miami Dolphins to try to establish the ground a little bit more little bit more difficult because it looks like Philip Lindsay is going to be unable to go in this game but you do take a look at this New York Giants team and it's just been a bunch has been flailing to say the least when it comes to the New York Giants you're just going to need to get anything whatsoever out of this passing game but right now Danny Dimes has absolutely nobody to throw to because everyone has been getting injured now Kyle Rudolph it seems like is dealing with a little bit of an injury as well so I mean the hits they just keep on coming with this New York Giants team. They've been dealing with not having Saquon Barkley and so many other running backs for so long. I mean, you're just able to layer issue upon issue with regards to the Giants. And this is a Giants team that they themselves have been dealing with quite a few injuries when it comes to the defensive front as well. Meanwhile, the Miami Dolphins, 
they've improved on defense because Xavion Howard, in my opinion, won the biggest X factors on the defensive side of the ball. He wanted missing the first couple games of the season ever since he's been back. This team has been a little bit better on that front. The entire secondary that you want to coming into the season with, with the Giants, most of these guys are currently out of the fold. So that should allow to be a little bit more efficient with the total at 39 and a half. If I'm looking at anything, I'd be taking a look at the over just because I do think that it has shrunk a little bit too far because I do think that there's a chance that Miami winds up getting to 28 plus. I do think that the Dolphins are going to wind up surrendering some points to the Giants. To Danny Dimes' credit, he is a guy that's a little bit more mobile than is advertised. So that is something that is very beneficial. It's not beneficial when you wind up having Mike Lennon out there as well. So that is something that you wind up having to take away with the New York Giants as well. So, I mean, it's just a case in which you've got a lot of injuries with regards to the Giants. You've got Mike Lennon trying to throw to someone like a Colin Johnson. I have no idea how you're going to be able to have him be able to give the team much of anything. And I do think the Dolphins should be able to get the job done and be able to get the job done comfortably. We've got a whole bunch of games. They're going to be coming up on this NFL Sunday. We're going to be hitting as many of them as we can here in the final hour of the Greg Peterson experience. So we're going to be rolling on with that next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available at VSIN.com for you to be able to keep up with key NFL props. Head over to VSIN.com to get current odds as well as movement each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value. You're able to do this for odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. Check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, matchup data now for every single game in the NFL. And that's at vcin.com slash NFL. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson. Got you covered for the final two segments. We're going to be hitting on my New York Post play of the day for college basketball in the final segment. And we're going to be hitting on a whole lot of NFL for these final 30 minutes as well. We've already burned through quite a few games, games involving injuries because you've got the Eagles with Jalen Hurts out. You've got the Giants out with Danny Dimes. So that is certainly going to be making things very interesting. And you've got things that are a little bit more clean for this game. I just don't necessarily agree with the line. You've got the Vegas Raiders taking taking a home game against Washington. When it comes to Washington, find them as between a one and one and a half point underdog. And you're finding this game anywhere between 47 and a half and 48 and a half. And it comes to the Raiders, I think that they should be able to cover this number with the Raiders. It certainly has been a year of Murphy's Law when it comes to this team. You wind up having John Gruden get involved with the email scandal. You have the Henry Ruggs situation. I mean, the list goes on and on. But when it comes to Vegas Raiders, I do think that they should be able to hold it down and be able to get it done. Deshaun Jackson's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. And Darren Walder, he is going to be out for this game. So you do have a little bit of an ailing, I guess you'd call it, set of skill players. But Hunter Renfro has been a good safety target for the team. Say Jones has been solid as well. I think the bigger key for the Las Vegas Raiders is being able to move the ball on the ground because Josh Jacobs, he has been banged up. He did wind up participating in practice though on Thursday and Friday. So I would have to think that things are leading to him being able to play. And even when he's been out of the fold, Kenyon Drake has actually been relatively solid for the team as well. He wound up being able to put up quite a few touchdowns while he was out of the fold earlier in the season. So I do think that he's going to be able to do a relatively okay job in this spot. And when it comes to Washington, 
It's just a team in which I have absolutely no faith in whatsoever. I recognize that they wanted picking up that big win a few weeks ago against the New England Patriots, which I was able to catapult them a little bit. I know that there's been a little bit of buzz around them, but I just don't see it with Taylor Heineke. With Heineke, you wound up having that nice emergence in the postseason last year against Tom Brady and company, but... I mean, this is a guy that he's thrown 10 interceptions and he wasn't even starting at quarterback in week one. So, and that's been a little bit of an issue for him. He's a guy that has been able to button it up recently. At least 72.5% of his passes completed each out of the last three weeks. And he does have a couple of weapons in the backfield to be able to utilize, but one of those weapons is out, J.D. McKissick. So it's going to be all about Antonio Gibson with McKissick. I do argue that he's a guy that he is able to be a little bit of a home run hitter for the Washington football team. He's been able to do some nice things. And Terry McLaurin is someone that I do think that is a little bit underrated as well in his own right. He's been able to put together a nice year. He's had at least four catches in each out of the last three weeks as well to be able to help out with Heineke. But still, it's a case in which the Washington football team also is shorthanded with regards to the defense. Chase Young is out for the year. Montez Sweat is on injured reserve. John Bosick been dealing with injuries. He's out as well. So it's a Washington team that you thought was going to be hanging their hat on defense. They're not going to be able to do so. I like a lot of unders on this week's card, but this is one that I could see winding up going over just because with the Raiders, they themselves have not necessarily been the world's greatest team on defense. I don't think that I'm telling you anything that you don't know at this point, but when it comes to Raiders, I mean, it's not necessarily injuries with this team. You've got a couple of them, obviously, not having Gerald McCoy and Carl Nassib out there. That hurts them a little bit, but I mean, they just haven't drafted well with regards to their guys that they were hoping would be able to step up. And it's just been a case in which they've done a poor job, in my opinion, of being able to utilize the draft to be able to get guys to be able to make an impact. Now, Denzel Perryman, Corey Littlejohn, I do think that these guys at the linebacker spots are going to be able to do a little bit of something for you. But I do take a look at the spot, even without Darren Waller. I do think that the Raiders are going to be able to move the ball against a shorthanded Washington football team defense. I do think that Derek Carr is someone that does a great job with the weapons that are utilized with them. He's always able to adjust on the fly. So I take a look at the Raiders. I think that they should be able to win this game. Being able to lay less than a field goal appeals to me. And this is really the one game on the card that I do like the over with, even though the total is a little bit high, even though you have no Waller. I think that both of these teams are going to be able to rack up the points against, shall we say, leaky secondaries. We're going to take a little bit more of a look at some of these games in the 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern slot because we wound up hitting on a lot of the early games to begin with. And I think that this one is going to be fascinating as well. As you got the Jaguars playing against the Rams. So you're finding this total right around 848. And when it comes to the Rams, you are going to be finding them as a pretty hefty favor. You're finding them in a lot of places right around 12 and a half. And when it comes to the Rams, I do think that another week for Odell Beckham to be able to be able to just absorb the offense in general. It is going to be very beneficial to them, but you do take a look at what you're able to get out of this Jaguars team, and it has been grody on offense, to say the least, and I do think that the Rams are going to be able to step up on defense. We wound up seeing them last week just have a very rough time out there at Lambeau Field as the Packers were able to rack up 36 points on them week before they wind up giving up 31 to the 49ers. I just think that these guys are too good to be continuing to play defense like this. I do think that it's a case in which it's been a wake-up call for them, and you sort of need that anti-air quotes here, get-right spot. The Jaguars are the textbook definition of a get-right spot because they've got a coach in Urban Meyer that is probably going to be on his way out towards the end of the year, and he's going to be on the unemployment line. Meanwhile, when it comes to this Rams team, I mean, you still got Aaron Donald up front with Leonard Floyd. These guys are going to be able to make life miserable for Trevor Lawrence, who I give him credit. He has been able to cut down on the turnovers. He has certainly not been a guy that has been able to put the ball in the end zone too much, but he's cut down on the turnovers. That's relatively solid, and 
when it comes to this Jaguars team. What I do like about them is the fact that they've been able to move the ball on the ground whenever James Robinson has been out there. He is a big key because whenever you have Carlos Hyde, it certainly has not been great. Now, it seems like Robinson should be a go on this one. He's won each of the last two weeks dealing with injuries. He's been a limited participant in practice. So I've got to think that he's going to be going. If he doesn't wind up going, I like the under even more because I like the under if James Robinson winds up going. If he winds up being held out, this would be a little bit of a surprise to me, but that would make me like it even more. But you also take a look at the Jags and what they've been able to do an okay job of is being able to get pressure on the quarterback. And Matt Stafford has come back to earth in recent weeks. We saw Josh Allen and his performance on Josh Allen, which I always think that that's a little bit funny, but he's been able to do a nice job for this team. Malcolm Brown is very good on that line. Miles Jack is someone that I was expecting a little bit more from, but he's been able to step it up a little bit in recent weeks as well. This is a Jaguars team, which their best attribute is certainly on defense because on offense, you've got a guy in Trevor Lawrence that he's still learning. This is a little bit of a just be able to get some reps sort of year. And I mean, you've got Laquan Treadwell as one of your main wide receivers right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's just Tells you the state of affairs for this team. And to Laquan Dreadwell's credit, he was able to get four catches last week against the Atlanta Falcons. But, I mean, boy, oh boy, if you're looking at a Bustle Rooney when it comes to a wide receiver, Laquan Dreadwell was looking at as a second coming, coming out of Ole Miss. And, boy, has he not delivered on that. But I take a look at this. I When it comes to the spread, I think that 12 and a half might be a couple too many. I don't want to take the Jacksonville Jaguars because I want absolutely nothing to do with the Nervin Meyer coach team. And, with the Rams, they certainly have been in a funk, but I do think that both of these defenses are going to be able to do a solid job with regards to the Rams. You can tell that they're still trying to adjust to OBJ. They've been back, banged up in the backfield as well. So I take a look at another under in this spot. I take a look at this 49ers versus Seahawks game. I think that this one is going to be very fascinating. There's always just a few money line underdogs I typically like from week to week. I do think that the Seahawks in front of the 12s, they should be able to get it done in the spot. Now, Russell Wilson has not looked like himself ever since coming off the injury. It certainly has been a little bit rough as you take a look at the three games from, and he has thrown for two touchdowns and two interceptions. You are expecting a little bit more, and the Seattle Seahawks offense, they've got a combined 28 points in three weeks ever since he's come back. Though I will say, these games have been against the Cardinals, the Packers, and Washington football team. A trio defenses that I would say are pretty darn solid. So, I mean, at the very least, he's got that going from now. The 49ers, they themselves obviously do have a very solid defense, but the good news for them is that they're catching a break with the 49ers because Fred Warner, he is doubtful. Looks like he's not going to be able to play in this game. You've got Drake Greenlaw. He's probably going to be missing in this game as well. So you've got a lot of guys for the 49ers that are typically performers for this defensive unit they are going to be out of the fold and for the Seahawks what I think is just so key for them is being able to move the ball on the ground because I mean you love Russ being able to cook and everything like that but at the same time you need someone to be able to step up in the backfield Chris Carson has been out for much of the year and they really haven't been able to find much outside of him to be able to help ease things off of him now Alex Collins it looks like he is questionable for this game so he's probably going to be a guy that I expect him to play. I don't think that he's necessarily going to be 100%. Obviously, Rashad Penny, I mean, he has been injured just pretty much throughout his entire career. But with Russell Wilson, I do think that he's going to be able to find a couple holes in this 49ers secondary. When it comes to 49ers, I'm just not too impressed with this team when it comes to their offense as well. They're going to be without Trey Sermon in this game. But, I mean, man, they haven't been able to get much out of their ground game in general ever since Raheem Mostert 
wound up going down like three carries into the season. It certainly was a little bit of a doom situation for them. Now, Elijah Mitchell has been able to ease a little bit of the pressure off of Jimmy G as well. He's been dealing with his own injuries. He's been able to come back for them, and he looked very solid last week against the Vikings. He was able to get a buck 33 on the ground. He was able to give the team a touchdown, so I think that that is going to be very critical for the 49ers in this game against the Seattle defense that, well, gone are the days of the Legion of Boom. I say that very comfortably, but when it comes to 49ers as well, they themselves have to deal with their own ailments. It's caused Debo Samuel to just have to do a little bit of everything. Getting back George Kittle has been big for this team, but he didn't look like himself last week as well. I do think that the Seahawks are going to be able to pick off the 49ers in this spot. I like them on the money line to be able to get it done outright in the final segment. Going to give you guys some more best bets for this NFL Sunday and a pick in college basketball as well right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The money is hitting the road. Technically, now this week, since it's Sunday, Mitch Moss and Paul Howard, they are going to be live from the new DraftKings Sportsbook at Foxwoods Casino, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you are in the area, come down and meet the guys and be sure to tune in to follow the money every single weekday from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. As we are back here in lovely Las Vegas, more specifically, Circus Sportsbook and Resort. Right here for the Greg Peterson experience. Have no fear. Once I wind up getting off the air, you're probably going to hear myself a little bit more. And then we're going to have you covered from wall to wall. You're going to be able to get some point spread Sunday in your life. Femi Oba Befe and company is going to get things all warmed up. And then from there, you've got in-game action. You've got look ads when it comes to the end of the slate with the opening line show. list goes on and on. So here at VSEN, we've got you covered. Everyone from on the air to off the air does a great job. So nothing but kudos to everyone who all do an absolutely amazing job being able to make these NFL Sundays just as informative and profitable as possible. And when it comes to the NFL slate, it is a big one, but we've got to hit on a little bit of college basketball as well. My name is Hoop, so got to live up to my namesake here. I always wind up giving out a college basketball play every single day throughout the season for the New York Post. Today, we wound up going with the ACC battle, which it's still weird to say ACC conference play when it's technically St. Nicholas Day on this December 5th, but you've got Georgia Tech and you've got North Carolina. In most places, North Carolina's find themselves a three and a half point favorite. Here at Circa, you're actually able to get a straight three out there, but with that said, you've also got a total that is hovering right around the 150 range, between 150 and 150 and a half. And when it comes to North Carolina, we've actually seen a little bit of a move as it looks like you're able to get a four with even money at DraftKings. Well, doesn't matter to me whether it's a three and a half or a four. Obviously, shop around for the best number, but I want to make it this line six and a half with North Carolina. I do think that they should be able to dominate a Georgia Tech team that they've got one really explosive score in Michael DeVoe. DeVoe's been able to give the team over 20 points per game. He's shooting darn near 50% from three point range. And Georgia Tech is a collective. Shoots in the pocket of about 40% from three-point range. They've been able to do a relatively solid job. But North Carolina actually shoots a little bit better from three-point range. If you have five different guys that are giving you at least 11 points per game, these guys have been absolutely stellar. And then you've got a pair of guys in Dawson Garcia and Brady Manick that both stand around right around six foot nine to six foot eleven that they're able to pop those threes as well. You just don't have as much versatility and size when it comes to Georgia Tech. You've also got for Georgia Tech just a seven-man rotation. And even with that lead more. This has been able to give you too much this year. Now, Jordan Usher has been a solid compliment to Michael DeVoe, right around 14 and a half points, seven and a half boards, two and a half assists per game. But when it comes to Georgia Tech as well, when you wind up getting these tight spreads, you always have to take this into consideration. 
free throw shooting. They are 278th in the country, shooting 66.4% at the free throw line. That is a mammoth issue for the CMA Georgia Tech team that last year, they really thrived on being able to generate turnovers. They've been able to do so. And for North Carolina last year, a little bit of a bugaboo was the fact that Caleb Love's assist to turnover ratio was darn near one. He couldn't do a good job of being able to take care of the ball. That has been rectified this year. Caleb Love has been able to do an absolutely amazing job in the backcourt for this team. 16 points, right around 3.7 boards, 4 assists. A guy that's shooting from 3-point range, 37.5%. And more importantly, assist to turnover ratio, now north of 2. Uh, also, with this North Carolina team, they don't allow second chances. Opponents are getting an offensive rebound right around 18.5%. Their misses. You don't have a Georgia Tech team that's necessarily good on the interior. To start with, Rodney Howard has come in from Georgia. He's been able to do relatively solid job with right around seven boards per game, but you have question marks there, especially with Armando Baycoat being able to give you right around two blocks, nine and a half boards, and 15 points per game for North Carolina. I think that North Carolina should be able to win this game comfortably. I think that they're going to be able to hit their free throws at the end of the game if needed as well, if it's going to be that close. So take a look at this spot. Wound up setting North Carolina is more around a six and a half point favorite at myself. So here at between three and four, willing to take it with North Carolina, lay the points, and that is my New York Post play of the day. Also, I have to get you one from the Pac-12 as well. So now we've got conference play, and we got to give you guys a trend in college basketball. The worst team with regards to cover rate ever since the beginning of the start of the 2020-21 season, that'd be Arizona State. They are 7-25-1. They're going to be hitting the floor against an Oregon team that they've certainly had their deficiencies as well when they wound up heading out here to lovely Las Vegas for the Maui Invitational and how you wind up going to Las Vegas for the Maui Invitational, I still don't know. That's the strangest of what we've been dealing with recently, but they didn't look so great. But you're finding them as a 10-point favorite, and I actually think it's too low. I think that Oregon should be more around like an 11.5-point favorite when it comes to Arizona State. I mean, this team has been ghastly bad on offense. C.J. Horn has been able to give the team right around 11 points per game, but you're taking a look at an Arizona State team that they scored, I'm not even kidding here, 29 points in their last game against Washington State. Now, that is a Washington State team that is relatively solid. They wound up falling on Saturday, but by and large, I do like what is being put out there by the coaching staff over there with Kyle Smith being able to implement nerd ball. But when it comes to this Arizona State team, they've been dealing with a couple of injuries themselves. You've been having Marcus Bagley out of the fold recently. That has certainly hurt them. You wound up having guys like Jay Heath out of the fold for the first couple games of the season due to health and safety protocols. But you just take a look at this Arizona State team. They're not doing a great job on defense. They're 295th in the country in three-point shooting defense. On offense, they are 321st in the country with regards to free throw shooting. They're 216th with regards to points per game. In regards to points on a per-possession basis, they're one of the worst power five teams that you're going to find out there. They aren't able to do a good job of driving in inside. They're 310th in the country in terms of two-point shooting percentage. I mean, everything that can go wrong will go wrong, and they've got a coach I would rather yell at the refs rather than actually coach his own team. So... That is not necessarily a great combination. Meanwhile, you're going up against a guy in Dana Altman, which it seems to have been falling a little bit short this year, but by and large, he's one of the best coaches, in my opinion, in all of college basketball. He will get this thing figured out. You've got a trio of guys giving you between 10 and 11 half points per game. Eric Williams, Will Richardson, Jacob Young. They've been able to up their three-point shooting percentage a little bit recently as well. So you've got those explosive guys on the outside with Williams and Richardson combining to take right around six half threes per game. They're able to bury right around 48% of them. So that is solid. And when it comes to Oregon, they're still not turning the ball over. Even with their offensive woes, even with everything that has been going on, they've done a good job of being able to take care of the ball. And with Arizona State, they don't do a good job of being able to generate turnovers. I think that this is going to be a big giant mismatch. I think that Oregon should be able to cover this double-digit line. I'm willing to take it up to an 11.5. So I'm going to be looking to lay the points when it comes to Arizona or when it comes to Oregon as I just 
have absolutely no faith whatsoever in this Arizona State team. So I think that that's going to be a little bit of a deficiency when it comes to the NFL. Got to give you guys a little bit when it comes to Sunday Night Football as well. Obviously, this is a big one when it comes to the Broncos against the Kansas City Chiefs with the Chiefs. You're finding them in some places now an 8.5 point favorite. It's anywhere between 8.5 and 9.5. And so you're seeing a lot of fluctuation with regards to this number. The total is a little bit more locked in. You're finding it mostly at a 47 at this point, but when it comes to the Denver Broncos, they have been able to put together some nice football recently. It's a bunch of which you figured after they wanted trading away Von Miller that the season would be washing away from them a little bit, but they've been able to do a good job of being able to rally themselves, be able to get some nice wins, but I do take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and if I'm looking anywhere, I'm looking at the Chiefs. I'm not as strong on this game as quite a few of the unders I wanted giving out a little bit earlier, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he is dealing with a little bit of an injury. He is questionable. I do feel like that is big for the Chiefs because while he was out of the fold, you could tell that the Chiefs, they were really having to be even more unbalanced than they have been in the past. This is a Chiefs team that even with their Super Bowls, they've been a little bit unbalanced, but without Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it wound up getting worse and worse. So that is something that you do want to be noting. And for Patrick Mahomes, I do think that he's going to be able to get it all figured out because with Mahomes, wound up being able to start his career with all these long passes, all these explosive plays. And you tell that Travis Kelsey... Maybe he's starting to wear down a little bit. But, I mean, we're talking about this with Kelsey, and he's still been able to put up 67 catches for 821 yards. He has still been able to give the team at least four receptions in each out of the last five games. So, I mean, it's not like Travis Kelsey is someone that has just been completely washed up or anything like that. And I feel like that has been a little bit a little bit of a narrative that has been pushed a bit too much. What I think is going to be really big for the Chiefs, you need someone like a Miko Hardman to be able to step up. Miko Hardman just hasn't been able to give the team too much this year. He's been able to give you one touchdown. You take a look at him. Three receptions are fewer in each out of the last three weeks. And when this team is humming, they were really able to do so in recent years. When Sammy Watkins was a really good ancillary piece to Tyree Kill as well, he hasn't necessarily been able to fill in for that role, which I do think is a little bit of an issue. Obviously, despite the fact that the Broncos did wind up trading away Von Miller, they still have been a solid defense. But with that said, I just don't know if I have a lot of faith in this Denver Broncos offense as well. And what I think is just so interesting about the Chiefs is that year in and year out, their defense always gets off to a little bit of a sluggish start. and feels like it's just this way with Andy Reid teams in general. The defense always comes along as the season does. At the beginning part of the season, through the first four or five weeks, we were talking about this team being one of the worst defenses in the history of the NFL. And it's actually been the defense that has led to the Chiefs being able to get wins. I mean, you just take a look at it. They wound up scoring 19 points against the Cowboys. They wound up having that big giant outburst against the Vegas Raiders. But, I mean, 13 points against the Packers, 20 points against the Giants, 3 points against the Titans. Obviously, that one was a loss. But it hasn't necessarily been the offense that has led to the team going on a win streak. In their four-game win streak, they've been able to break 20 points just once. But you take a look at the defense. Nine. 14, 7, 17 points allowed. I mean, it has really been the reason why this Chiefs team has been able to get online. I think that the Chiefs defense is going to be able to bear down once again. I'd like the Chiefs to be able to cover, but what I would like a little bit more in this one is the under. And what I like even more is the fact that Beeson has you covered all throughout this Sunday. We've got you covered with a little bit of everything. Everything from the opening lines after the game's wind up wrapping up to in-game angles as well. That is right here on the Sports Bang Network Beeson. As this has been the Greg Peterson experience, we've got you covered all throughout this Sunday.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.